RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories, the number of deaths from the Wuhan virus rises to over 100. The government says some public workers can work from home to prevent the spread of the disease here. And at the Australian Open, Ashley Barty makes it through to the t- semis. Mainland authorities say the death toll from the new respiratory virus outbreak in China has risen to 106, a nearly 30% jump on the 82 deaths reported yesterday. Nearly 1,300 new cases have been confirmed, pushing the total number to more than 4,500 nationwide. Robert Kemp has more. The Health Commission in central Hubei province, whose capital Wuhan is the epicenter of the epidemic, said 24 more people had died from the virus and 1,291 more had been infected. The sharp rise comes after the first death was recorded in Beijing. Meanwhile, the National Health Commission in Beijing announced that 4,515 confirmed cases had been reported in 30 provincial-level regions by the end of yesterday. It said 976 patients were in critical condition and that there were just under 7,000 suspected cases. It also said 60 people had been discharged from hospital after recovering. The virus, which is understood to have originated at a Wuhan seafood market that also sold wild animals, is also spreading overseas, with Germany recording its first case. Meanwhile, China has postponed the start of the spring semester for schools and universities. With the latest on the situation on the mainland, here's the BBC's John Sudworth. The eerie sound of a city in lockdown. Wuhan's residents trapped in their homes, shouting encouragement to each other. China's priority is to show it's getting a grip. Alongside teams of army medics, the Premier Li Keqiang was flown into Wuhan, urging an all-out national effort to contain the virus. Even getting on a Beijing subway train has become a surreal experience. Workers in full hazmat suits checking every passenger. Anybody with a temperature of 37.3 or above is instantly isolated. Here in Hong Kong, the government has announced that all public workers won't need to return to the office tomorrow and can work from home. It said the measure, which will be in place until next Monday, is aimed at reducing the risk of an outbreak here. A government spokesman said it will review the measure later and called on private organizations to do the same. It added the new measure doesn't apply to workers who provide emergency and essential public services. The Department of Health's Center for Health Protection says as of noon yesterday, it had received reports of 451 cases that meet the reporting criteria for the Wuhan virus. The center said there were eight confirmed cases and that 276 cases had been ruled out. It said the remaining 167 were still being investigated. The eight confirmed cases include five males and three females aged between 39 and 68. All eight remain in Princess Margaret Hospital. A number of Republican senators have said that witnesses and evidence may need to be admitted to the impeachment trial of President Trump. The calls follow revelations in the New York Times that the former National Security Advisor John Bolton was told by the president to withhold aid to Ukraine until an investigation was launched into a political rival. Mr. Trump has said that's wrong, but some centrist Republicans say Mr. Bolton or his manuscript may need to be examined. Mr. Trump's defense team haven't yet raised the issue as they continue to make their case for an acquittal. 
Air accident investigators in the U.S. have described the site where the late basketball player Kobe Bryant's helicopter hit a hillside as devastating. Jennifer Holmandy of the National Transportation Safety Board said investigators would spend five days gathering evidence, adding that debris was spread widely. There is a impact area on one of the hills, and the, a piece of the tail is down the hill. The fuselage is over on the other side of, of that hill, and then the main rotor is about 100 yards beyond that. The U.S. Supreme Court has told President Trump he can go ahead with a controversial policy to deny certain immigrants the right to permanently live in the United States. It overturned a lower court ban on the public charge policy, which allows applicants for permanent residency to be disqualified if they're deemed likely to need government financial help. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. Immigration is one of President Trump's core issues, clumping down, being tougher on uh, illegal immigration. So I think in those areas that are leaning towards President Trump anyway, a ruling like this can only benefit Mr. Trump when it comes to the election. On the other hand, though, there are many areas that rely on immigrant communities, certainly California for one, where this kind of ruling will be seen as a negative. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has insisted that national security won't be put at risk when the government decides later today whether or not to include the Chinese tech firm Huawei in developing the Britain, Britain's 5G network. The U.S. has warned that British sovereignty will be jeopardized if a role for Huawei is approved. The UN's top human rights official has called on the government of the Democratic Republic of Congo to take action to curb rights violations by the army. Michel Bachelet made the comments at the end of a five-day visit to the DRC. The BBC's Roger Walker reports. Ms. Bachelet said there had been 19 extrajudicial executions in November alone. Her trip to Africa's second largest country has included talks with President Felix Tshisekedi, who took office a year ago. She said she was pleased that in that time the total number of human rights violations, including those committed by rebel forces, had fallen slightly. But she said her main concern was abuses by the state. The head of Libya's National Oil Corporation has urged the United States, France and Britain to do more to stop outside powers interfering in Libya. Mustafa Sanala refused to name the regional powers he was referring to, but the United Arab Emirates, Egypt and Russia are supporting the forces of the renegade warlord General Khalifa Haftar, while Qatar and Turkey have backed the UN-endorsed government of national unity in the West. Thousands of Syrians are trying to escape a region in Idlib province where government forces have stepped up their offensive. They've encircled the city of Marat al-Numan, much of which is already in ruins because of bombardments. The 85-year-old former king of Belgium has admitted he's the father of a woman born from an affair, ending a, le a lengthy legal battle. Albert II's lawyers said this happened after he learned the results of a DNA test. More details from the BBC's Richard Howells. The former king lost his legal immunity when he abdicated in 2013. That allowed Delphine Boel, a 50-year-old artist, to start legal action to establish his paternity. Her mother, Baroness Sybille de Selly-Longchamp, had a long affair with Albert while he was still a prince, but he refused to take a DNA test. Last year, Belgium's appeals court ruled that the former king should be fined €5,000 a day until he did so. Albert's lawyers say he now accepts that Ms. Bowell is his fourth child. 
Her lawyers say the former king's admission is a relief. A rare species of frog native to the Bolivian Andes has been spotted for the first time in 18 years. The bright green Bolivian Cochrane frog had a transparent belly through which its heart and digestive tract can be seen. Sport tennis Ashley Barty will play 14th-seeded American Sofia Kenin in the semifinals at the Australian Open after the world number one defeated Petra Kvitova in straight sets. The top seed and last remaining Australian in the tournament survived a tough opening set to beat the Czech seventh seed 7-6-6-2. Cricket England have completed a memorable 3-1 series victory against South Africa in Johannesburg. They won the fourth and final test by 191 runs. It's only their second test win away from home in four years and the first time they've won three matches in South Africa for more than 100 years. The BBC's Jonathan Agnew was watching. South Africa resisted stubbornly, but England's quick bowlers were simply too good and completed victory with 21 overs and a whole day to spare. After 27 overs, England had only the wicket of Milan in the bag, but Stokes produced a fast bouncer which Elgar knocked back to him for 24. Van der Dusen successfully reviewed an LBW decision before he had scored and went on to score an excellent 98 as he and the beleaguered captain Duplessis held England up for 31 overs. Stokes bowled him for 34 and apart from some flamboyant strokes by De the rest of the batting was swept away. Wood finished with four wickets to complete match figures of nine for 100. Finally, football, Arsenal's Bukayo Saka and Erian Ketia gave a glimpse of their potential as the youngsters fired their side into the FA Cup fifth round with a 2-1 win against Bournemouth. Mikel Arteta turned to youth at Dean Court and Saka and Ketia and Joe Willock repaid the Arsenal manager's faith with influential displays that secured a trip to the third-tier Portsmouth. In the news, our top stories once again. The number of deaths from the Wuhan virus rises to over 100. The government says some public workers can work from home to prevent the spread of the disease here. And at the Australian Open, Ashley Barty makes it through to the semis. The news from RTHK. Oh, Bournemouth, you're rubbish. Thanks, Pierre. I can say that because that's where I come from. They used to be rubbish, then they got great. Now they're rubbish again.
Perry, and if we ever meet again, very good afternoon to you. Uh, James Ross here with an extended holiday morning brew through till two. We should call it the morning and afternoon brew, shouldn't we? Really? Now, baby, come on. 